Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the Iron Bell Ministries podcast, and I'm Jessica Diedrich. Today, I have in the studio with me Joel Gertis. Hello. Who is a great friend and um, just a, a key part of our ministry here at the Iron Bell. We just love Joel and his heart. And so um, today we thought we would just talk with you guys a little bit about what's on Joel's heart. The Lord, Joel, he's always, I just love how he's always talking to you. I mean, I know he's always talking to all of us, but you, you make it a priority to hear his heart. And there's always something that's just bubbling over with you. And you're like, man, the Lord's showing me this today and this. And I just want people to hear from your heart today. Absolutely. You know, just uh, even praying over the past um, several months about this coming year, what's God has been stirring in me is more of a like a call to holiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some people have a lot of ideas of what that means. And some people may immediately uh, have these emotions of uh, try harder, mm-hmm. work, work harder, or uh, do your best to... Um, no, no, you know, no Genesis one through the last chapter of Revelation by heart, so you can live like just specifically uh, phrase by phrase, and uh, that can be overwhelming. Uh, what God's showing me is this place where uh, this call to holiness begins with just being at His feet. You know, mm-hmm. the whole uh, the that that picture that Christ gives us about abiding and being connected to the vine. Uh, I don't think what we we talk about a lot in the church is uh, the the how behind a lot of what uh, we're teaching or preaching, uh, but the how is completely connected to our level of intimacy with God. Jesus wants to empower your holiness, and that should literally take the weight off your shoulders of the burden of this is on me to be holy. Uh, we're all familiar with those passages like be holy as I am holy because God's holy and mm-hmm. he wants us to be like him. Well, that's a daunting task, isn't it? Because that sounds like he's asking for perfection and he, and he is to some degree. He's like, be perfect as I am perfect. It says it, you know, in the scriptures. But what we don't talk about is how is that possible? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's possible in moments and God is full of grace. He is full of mercy and he doesn't expect uh, perfection out of us, but he does uh, offer up the opportunity to be empowered to become more like him. Mm-hmm. That's the journey I feel like we're called to, but like more of an intense uh, emphasis on it for me, at least this year. So if you're in that boat, I'll be, <laughs> yeah, I'm in it with you, you know? So <laughs> I feel like there's a, a calling to say, okay, I want you to go to, uh, I think I shared this recently where one of my college professors asked me uh, at the beginning of the semester, there's a really difficult course that I was taking in uh, religious studies and philosophy in uh, college. And he said, what grade do you want? You know, and everybody's kind of scratching their head like, well, duh, <laughs> I want an A. And um, I think midway through the semester, it was really clear I was not going to make an A. And I think by the end of the semester, um, my final grade was a C. And what that taught me was, uh, what do you want? Because what you what like the outcome of of your effort towards that thing will uh, indicate um, how dedicated you are to that that original statement. 
I wanted an A. I thought I wanted an A. And I, I really did desire an A. But if I really wanted an A, I didn't, clearly, I didn't put in the effort that uh, was necessary mm-hmm. to produce an A. Yeah, a lifestyle I, I, you know, of choices. It was a lifestyle of choices. So, but there's a balance here because some people are going to hear that analogy. They're going to hear just work harder, try harder. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that we're called to do is to say, how am I staying in a place where I can receive from him the tools, yeah. the energy, or the, the you know, the abiding, um, the abiding yeah. uh, that makes um, what it is he wants to do in me, through me, this, uh, um, I'd call it, like the sanctif- people call it sanctification. That's just a fancy word for God's making me more like him, right? Mm-hmm. And I want uh, people to know it's like, the burden's off. If you're, if you, there are times where you have to do, like I've heard some great pastors, like there's times where you just gotta, you gotta roll up your sleeves and you gotta fight and uh, try uh, because you feel like there's no fuel left in your tank. You just do the best you can. There's other times where you're like, you know, it's clear I've not been abiding the way I should be abiding, meaning I'm not sitting at his feet every day or uh, staying. Um, like reading scripture every day and uh, spending time in prayer with him every day and worshiping him every day, uh, which will fuel the possibility, not just the possibility. I think it literally, it creates the atmosphere where one, there's faith, but there's this, uh, it becomes like, it feels more natural to be mm-hmm. holy, if that yeah. makes sense. It's and, the John 15. It's the, if we're abiding, um, I've been thinking about this lately too. It's, you can't help it. It's what flows out of you. And so really it's about positioning yourself in a relationship. And the closer we can get to him, the more I can position my heart to receive what is in God, right? Everything is in him. It's just, there's things in me that I don't want to let go of or that are blocking that. And so if it's about a relationship, I'm saying, God have more of me, right? He's, he's in me, but there's just things that are still Jessica. And he says, I'm forming Christ. And there's a partnership in that, right? A relationship is two ways. And so, you know, I think it's just, it's that continual surrender and saying, you know, God, there's so much in me yet that, that hasn't been made like you. And so in relationship is where that happens. We spend time with him. We get to know him. We position ourselves to receive from him. And then that receiving flows out of us. I can't remember the title of the song, but, uh, Josh and Steven have written a song, I think together recently. It's a, the search me and know me. And it comes directly yeah, out of Psalm, one, this morning, Psalm yeah. 139. And that, that passage says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test, and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I remember reading that. It's like your perspective is everything. And I remember when, like my teen, teens and 20s, I would read, some, I'd read that passage and think, um, for some reason, I would read into the uh, like David, the author of this psalm. Think, is he saying he's perfect? 
like I, I I was presuming he was thinking he's perfect, but now you know later in life I'm like no he's like this is this that the relationship that you're talking about this mm-hmm. journey that we go on where you're inviting God. Mm-hmm. I know I'm blind to my own, you know my own uh, sin, my own uh, faults, and are most of them. Like I see a few of them, but I'm blind <laughs> to most of them. And God's calling us to invite Him in, yeah, and to search us, and then. Uh, expect him to actually lead us in the way everlasting. Like I'm going to like ask God, show me what I need. What, what do we need to work on? Mm-hmm. I remember early on uh, in the min- the ministry here at the Iron Bell, um, God just started uh, waking me up to um, just how near he was, how intimate he was. And the, one of the very first things I felt like he addressed was, um, <clears throat> Do you really believe I'm good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. And huge. I'm like, <laughs> I, it was just really clear. I'm like, no, I don't really believe you're good. I know it's the right answer. Yeah. I know you tell me you're good, but I, for some reason, I I feel the doubt in me. I feel the uh, reluctancy to um, completely confess and know internally, like you know, mm-hmm. gravity, that I know you're good, like an experiential. I know that I know that I know you're good. It's it's so concrete that you trust it just like you do like the laws of nature. And um then I realized he it was re- it was really neat cuz I thought I was going to experience shame or guilt by confessing that no, I really don't believe you're good. And one of the other questions he asked me was, "Do you love me?" And I'd just seen somebody model like adoration prayer and they were like in it for like 20 minutes and i'm staring (laughs) at this person like wow like your dad greg has said many times uh uh, when he first witnessed adoration prayer he said i felt like a uh voyeur to some extent like i'm i'm peeping in on somebody's private conversation with god because it was that intimate and he said i don't know what that is but i need that and so when god asked me do you love me i said i just saw this guy loving you really well for 20 minutes and i don't know if i've ever had an experience like that so my response to him was like i don't know if i love you i don't think i do if that's what it looks like and uh me bracing myself for his wrath you know i put my arms up in front of me and turn my head to the side like i'm gonna get a blow from the from the angry dad God that we have in our heads. And it didn't happen. God said, all right, let's get to work. You want to work on this together? And that's that picture that we have in Psalm 139 of Mm -hmm. this invitation that we have that one says God is good. And because he's good, he's, he's not about crushing you. He doesn't want to crush you. He doesn't want to pile shame on you. He did everything he did in sending his son to this earth to die a death that we deserved to redeem us, restore us, completely reconcile our relationship to him so he could extract the shame, so he could extract the guilt of our sin. But then say, you know, uh, there's a great uh, quote I heard this week um, from Tim Keller. He said, yeah, God calls you just as you are, but he doesn't want you to stay there. Right. So this uh, process of becoming more like God, we -hmm. can't do it without him. It's not like the Bible is great in that it 
uh, completely presents a picture to us of what has been done for us, but it's pointing to the reality of Jesus wants to walk with us on a daily basis and help us grow in um, us becoming more like the Father. Yeah, and I think, Joel, that's so good what you said about um, the Psalm 139, the search me and know me. And it's not just so that we can sit there and expect like, you know, here, okay, then here's the list of all these things wrong with us, you know, from the Lord. It's this, 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 this. Um, what that is, that was David's cry for intimacy. That was saying, God, search me and know me. What is that? That's a cry for relationship. He's saying, I, I want to be known by you. And as we are known by him, we know him in return. We experience what he's like, just like what you said that, you know, you were bracing yourself for that, that blow. And it was like, no, he had an invitation. He said, wow, would you like to do this together? And in that moment, you experience the good father, the forgiving father, the intimate father. There was an invitation to know him. And I think there's a, um, a temptation for us to, um, compare ourselves as you were saying with others or for us to sit in judgment over ourselves. I think we do that a lot. We, we, I look at my own life and I see all these things about myself that I think are wrong or bad or ugly. And I know we all do that in different ways. And, and that isn't right either. The Lord, you know, when we go on this journey, you're talking about holiness and inviting the Lord to show us places he wants to transform and heal. It's not something that I can do myself, that I can just, you know, evaluate myself. It has to be through him, through relationship, because, you know, Paul said, I don't even judge myself. It's something that I let the Holy Spirit do, because guess what? A lot of times, you know, in certain things, we're, we are even going to be more critical on ourselves, or we're going to want to focus on something that maybe the Lord isn't focusing on that right now. Because he sees maybe the root behind it. And he says, let me take you to something else. Let me in my kindness show you something else. And so just to encourage you guys listening, um, it's not a self-critical thing that we do. It's saying, God, like David said, God, search me and know me. And in that place of weakness, uh, we meet the intimate friend. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about you were there, there for this moment, but I had this, um, amazing experience here at the Iron Bell many years ago. And God had been, um, just dealing with me on, uh, something very specific, uh, a wound that I had from my childhood that I didn't even know I needed to address. And just real quietly, I'm sitting there, everybody's worshiping, there's music going on. And for some reason I could not get into it. I'm like, what is going on? And I just asked the Lord, why can't I not settle my spirit and just get into this, get into this worship? And I just kept having, uh, pictures flash in my mind of some moments just where, um, there were just some wounds from my childhood. And, uh, I remember in my twenties, that's like, I'd gone through all of these different exercises where, uh, like these forgiveness exercises, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm just gonna write down a bunch of names of people. I feel like God wants me to forgive. Like if anybody's ever wronged me or I've ever wronged somebody, it's like, I'm trying to, you know, just go through that, that process. And, uh, so I told him, like, I thought we dealt with this. He goes, we're not done with this yet. I go real simple. 
just, this is just all in my, you know, my mind. I am praying to the Lord. I'm not saying anything out loud. And I just say, what do I need to do? What do you want me to do? That's a really great question to ask Mm -hmm. God. What do you want me to do? Ask me for a hug. That's what popped in my head. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. How do you ask an invisible God (laughs) for a hug? Right. But the most amazing thing happened. The moment I said, all right, give me a hug. There was a guy up front who was uh, doing some teaching and training with our group stops in a split second. The moment I had the, like the agreement with that, I just agreed. Okay. Give me a hug. He stops. He looks right at me and says, okay, we need to do this right now. Joel, come here. I need to give you a hug. God's telling me to give you a (laughs) hug. And I just go up there. He hugs me and I'm, I get, you know, there's just emotional deliverance is all I can call it because it's like, I don't know why, like tears just started flowing and I'm like, why am I crying? What's going on? But it was just a total release and yeah, healing, but I invited him and he's like, it's, it's having a dialogue with God and saying, you know, some of this is stuff that has happened to us. Some of this is stuff that we have done. Some of it's maybe it's habitual sin. Maybe it's just, you know, you don't know what it all is. We don't know what it is, but we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right. So when we look at this pursuit, what we call like a pursuit of holiness, it's not these um, necessarily like natural activities. It's not like what I would call like more Bible reading or external, external kind of works, but not that God doesn't work through that because he does completely work through that. But he's calling us just to be friends. And he's saying in friendship, we talk about things, uh, but also uh, this is not a peer relationship. He is the Father. He is God Almighty. and mm-hmm. But it's in His best interest to get you into this place of wholeness, greater wholeness. And He invites us to say, you know what? I need your help here because I don't even have a roadmap. I didn't have a roadmap to go back and figure out how to get healed of something that happened to me in my childhood. Right. And He just led me right to healing because yeah. it's in His interest to get His kids really whole right. so we can be so we can operate more effectively because these all these things are weights that drag us slow us down uh prevent us from hearing him more clearly prevent us from um abiding uh more fully and mm-hmm. it's in his best interest to do this and we yeah. we don't rem- we don't think about that that he is as interested and more interested in our wholeness than we are yeah i love to the question that you asked and i would just encourage you guys listening right now um, to ask the Lord because a lot of times, you know, you know, the heart is deceitful. The heart is like deep waters. It's just, Lord, you have to draw these things out. You know, I'm not going to figure it out in my natural mind. Um, You know, maybe what's going on or um, how to change these things in my heart or my, my behaviors, but God, you know, And, you know, Joel, you just said to the Lord, what do you want me to do? And just encourage you guys to ask those questions of the Lord. God, how are you leading me into greater wholeness today? Um, How, what part of your character are you revealing to me that when I experience that part of you, Mm -hmm. it's going to heal something in me because that's what it does. The knowledge of God, it changes us. And it's an, it's an invitation to, as we experience him, we're changed. And there's no better way than to experience his, when we experience his nature, we uh, we get flooded just like Isaiah did in chapter six, where he actually has an experience with the Lord, right? Where he, 
He's literally in the Holy of Holies. He is in the throne room, and he has an experience where he's like, I have to die because I've seen him. Now, the reader may not understand what that means, but when, uh, you know, you, you read the whole passage and you're like, he's holy, holy, holy. He is perfect in all his ways. And that our, our imperfection is what caused that separation. But as we meditate on his holiness, that's what draws us to kind of, see, we see the compare, we know he, we're automatically comparing and we see the disconnect and we see, I need you. I yeah. need you, need you to heal me. So God, we just yeah. proclaim you as the holy God. Yeah. We say you are holy. We say there's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There's no rock like our God for Samuel too. So Lord, we're just so grateful for your holiness. And we thank you that you're the God that uh, invites us into the process and the process is great and your love is never diminished in it. Your love for us is never diminished. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Joel. Um, And thank you, everybody, for joining us. And if you're uh, looking for more ways to connect with us, you can find us at ironbellministries.org or on Facebook. And we will see you guys next week on the Iron Bell Ministries podcast.